We've got a mystery on our hands, friends. FBI guy has upped our star rating to five stars. <laughs> but who is he? What does he want? Is he an alien? Is he the government coming to get us? Who are you, FBI guy? And why don't you email us? Welcome to Sasquatch Ate My Baby. I'm your host, Kate, and this is my co-host. Dave. Hi, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) The soup of the day is creamy bacon broccoli. That's what that was? Yep. That did not look like creamy bacon broccoli. It looked like vomit. Yeah. (laughs) So Dave showed me a picture of some soup, and I said it looks like cream of broccoli with some poop in it. That was the bacon. That did not look like bacon. There's croutons on top. Okay, poopy croutons. (laughs) (laughs) It was really delicious, Mm. but it looked awful. That's why you can't judge a book by its cover, Kate. It's true. We're learning things like elementary school here. It's true. Boom. Roasted. (laughs) 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 Yep. So I hope you guys liked last week's episode and I hope you went over to Second Impressions Podcast to check out the episode that we did over there. And if you haven't, go check it out right now. And if you haven't, you're dead to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Um, And when you do that, you're already on your iTunes or your Stitcher or your Google Play or wherever you listen to podcasts. So you might as well hit the subscribe button to Sasquatch Ate My Baby while you're there. Leave a review. Five stars, please. Thank you, FBI guy. And also head over to our Instagram and our Twitter and at us so we can interact on the interweb. And what are those? Social medias. What are our Twitter and oh. Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Twitter is at SassateMyBaby and yeah. Instagram is at SasquatchAteMyBaby. And you can also find us on Facebook at Sasquatch Ain't My Baby. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, as always, email us. Tell us some stories. Sasquatch Ain't My Baby at gmail.com. FBI guy. Yeah, FBI guy. Send us an email. Mm-hmm. We want to we talk to you. Yeah. So, hey, Dave. Hey, Kate. Happy birthday. Why? This is your birthday episode. Is it really? It is. <laughs> your birthday is two days after this airs. For yeah. me. And I'll be out of town at the time, so oh, I'm wishing good. you I a. I didn't want to see you. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so I'm wishing you a happy birthday, bo- bo- birthday, <laughs> happy birthday, happy birthday. <laughs> it's a little Swedish. Yeah, yeah. Moran Groven. Uh, where are you gonna be? Um, going to Vancouver. I'm actually gonna go see a live podcast show. Oh, I yeah. Guess you've talked about this. It's very exciting. Yeah, I'm gonna be seeing my favorite murder, um, which. Is coincidentally we're doing a murder episode this week oh shit that worked out really well. <laughs> let's say it's a tribute to them but it was an accident <laughs> what day are you going uh sunday yep you won't be home for my birthday no that's all right i'll probably be at work i'll tweet you <laughs> great <laughs> maybe i'll send you a happy birthday in group chat <laughs> nothing personal though that's good wouldn't want you to go too far with it. How old are you going to be? Um, 28. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this many. You start to forget. It just doesn't matter anymore. 
I'm really looking forward to 30. Why are you looking forward to 30? I feel like it's going to be a fun year. I'm already balding and going gray, and I'm not even 28 yet. 30's <laughs> going to be the worst. I don't know. I feel like 30, like, it's more acceptable to hang out at home and drink wine and chill with your dogs. <laughs> 28 is like, you should still be fun. But at 30, I should have my shit together, and I don't. And I don't know if I will. It's a new world. We're millennials. Although I think we're I, ruining everything. I guess I have my shit together. I just don't have like cultural norms, like a family and shit. Yeah, you have your shit together for a millennial who's ruining everything, like divorce rates. <laughs> I'm ruining divorce rates by not getting married. Yes, That's did, smart. did you not know that millennials are ruining divorce? <laughs> so that a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so. There's a couple different reasons why. One of them is a lot of them are opting to not get married. In, Smart move. Yeah. Instead, they are staying in common law relationships. However, statistically, those relationships, um, the common law ones, are now more um, unstable than they were previously. Well, it's because they're just married, basically. Yeah. Um, and the people who are choosing to get married are now getting married later in life in like their 30s or... Um, 40s or 40s yeah <laughs> well millennials aren't 40 yet but yeah that's true um divorce rates have dropped by um uh, i actually have facts. have the stats yeah by 18 <laughs> percent in the united states that's a huge number um in gen x and millennials so 18 percent less than in gen x and millennials compared to baby boomers um divorce rates in canada overall however is 38 percent um yeah cool fun fact go us yeah i was actually shocked that it was only 38 percent in canada mm -hmm. and i believe that is down but it, in canada but it's only like compared to like the late 90s but it's only like two or three percent all right I just don't know that fact off the top of my head. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Marriage. Um, Things. What age is millennials? Isn't it like 20 something 20s to 30s? I don't remember. What yeah, the pretty much were. right now. I think it's anyone who was um, like 90s kids, basically. Right. We're right in the heart of it. Yeah. So. And then it's what's after us? Gen Z or something? Yeah, Gen Z. Which is a weird... Children at this point. Yeah. Yeet. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, so. I mentioned this uh, to you earlier, but I heard yeah. my first wild yeet <laughs> outside of chatting and, with... And what did it entail? Why did they do it? Um, There was three girls, and they were trying on some clothes. One of them was trying on some sweatpants, and the other two were looking at some stuff, and the other one called her friend, and the other one turned around and went, Yeet! <laughs> So it was like a like a mating call for teenage girls to not mate. <laughs> like Sarah, yeet. Who tries on sweatpants? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm like, just get them a size bigger. I'll grow into them. <laughs> Thinking ahead, smart woman. <laughs> I like that a lot. What are we talking about today? Murder, but who? Uh, well, we picked some related ones. I don't know anything about yours. I, I'm surprised it didn't come up with yours. 
I don't think I dug that hard. Okay. <laughs> well, yours is a pretty intense topic. It's so. so big. I didn't have time to find other things. You had an extra like couple days. Yeah, but I didn't use them. <laughs> oh, true. Um, I was busy with the band. So you've got the Unabomber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a busy guy these days. I know. It's awful. I should just quit my job and take up band and <laughs> podcasting full time. I'm sure that'll pay your rent. I'll just go on welfare. It'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm moving in with you. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right into my 33 foot trailer. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Cool. <laughs> uh, so you're doing the Unabomber. You know it. And I'm doing the Tylenol murderers. Uh, murders. Murderers. And was this person never caught? You're going to find out. Very excited. Yeah. My guy was caught, but everybody knows that. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't heard the Tylenol murders because I feel like they've been incredibly popular in the last couple of years. I mean, I've heard it, mm-hmm. but it might have just been you talking about it in this sense. Mm-hmm. But I don't know any details. I assume somebody poisoned some Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I've heard it covered in a lot of like media, yeah, like really, podcasts. I don't really pay attention to that stuff, though. A podcast, but... Yeah, podcasts, uh, there's like a lot of YouTube stuff, there's websites, there's articles, there's like... I pretty much just stick with the stuff that I like and I avoid everything else on the planet. You don't like murder? I mean, I do, but Tylenol doesn't sound like an exciting murder. I like a bloody murder. Do you feel about murder how I feel about aliens? No, I probably like murder a lot more than you like aliens. Okay. But Tylenol sounds boring. We're doing aliens next week, guys. Unless you want to do like a Halloween-centric episode. We probably should. That'll be when it comes out, right? (laughs) To be determined, guys. (laughs) If it's not next week, then the following week is Aliens. Yeah, you'll find out. (laughs) Um, Who's starting? We should have discussed I already told you that it was going to be you and you already forgot. You, no, you didn't. Yeah, because you have to set up, because I'm not going to give oh, you yeah, the entire... Oh, yeah, your thing. I, th- yeah. I was thinking, when you said that, I was thinking you'd get to your suspects, and you'd hit the Unabomber, and then I'd dive in and cut you off halfway. And, <laughs> and then I have in. to... <laughs> no, you just do the <laughs> Unabomber. And then I can be like, yeah, this fucking bro over here. And I have to say anything about him. I uh, The Unabomber's a piece of shit, for sure. <laughs> but I kind of feel where he's coming from. not like to the extent like i'd want to bomb people but i mean obviously i'm using technology at all times around me hey dave that's dark that's fine i'm now concerned to be in your basement now as long as you're not like helping build technology i'm advocating through this podcast well so am i Mm -hmm. we're on a computer on a mic all my research was done on a phone in that computer yeah But I did write it all into this notebook with a pen. But pen's also technology, so who knows. Anyway, he's interesting. How do you pronounce his name? It's hard. You want to know right off the bat who did it? No, and not if you're going to surprise me. No, because everybody should already know this. (laughs) Ted Kaczynski. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Terrorist, anarchist author, math professor. He was a math professor. He was. That He's a genius. Is he? Yeah. He doesn't look like one. Well, he lived in a forest for a long time in a sh- cabin. Hmm. That sounds pleasant. He lived off the land and shit. Yeah. Does sound pleasant. I like that. Yeah. I think he, like, if it was more modern days, he'd be a doomsday prepper. What do you mean more modern days? He was like arrested he'd be in 95 o- or 96. Yeah, but the 
Yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> that's like <laughs> not tw- really. That's twenty years ago. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, he would be on the Nat Geo show, Doomsday Preppers, and we'd be like, "Get a load of this dude." Yeah, you're probably right. Get a load of this dude. Let's go into his cabin. Oh my God, bomb parts. <laughs> All right, should I just start from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Right. Teach me the things. Well, as a baby, he had terrible hives. Whoa, you went back <laughs> as far as a baby. I told you, there's things. It's all building. Okay. Terrible hives as a baby, mm-hmm. which led him to be isolated in the hospital with very little contact with people. Oh. For months after this, he was emotionally unavailable. Like, he just didn't acknowledge people. Because he had hives? Because he was isolated for so long. He got used to not having people in his life. I feel like that's probably not why he was like that. No shit. (laughs) There's so much more. It's coming. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, After scoring 167 on an IQ test, he skipped from fourth to sixth grade. That's way higher than my IQ. <laughs> I don't know. I never did an IQ test. I don't need to know how dumb I am. I think I'm, I think I was, I don't even know if this is normal or low or not. <laughs> I don't Tell know what I should say. I think I was around 125. I'm sure that's fine. Okay. That's probably like average. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the day we found out Katie was slow. <laughs> but you're smarter than me, so. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, sixth grade, fourth to sixth grade. That's a big jump. Yeah. And that's a big age gap at that age. And uh, when he was in the fourth grade, the fuck are you doing? I'm looking up the average IQ. Okay. Whoa, it's only between ninety and one hundred and ten. So you're a genius. I'm over. I'm above over average. 20. I'm superior. I'll look at you. So. I can wow. feel it coming off you now. You just radiated superiority over oh, me. Oh, no, no, no. However, the average range between. So, okay. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> so 68% of the population has an IQ between 85 and 115. Um, however, yeah. the average range is between 70 and and 130 which is 95 percent of the population so like 130s like that doesn't make any normal. sense so 68 percent of the people are between the 85 and 115 oh, okay, but when yeah. you spread it out right. between 70 and 130 so it's 98 and 95 percent. so i'm still pretty average i'm no. just on the higher end of average <laughs> i'd probably not do well yeah um 140 to 145 is a high. And he's 140 to 145 is high? So, yeah. What's 167 then, then? 115 to 124 is above average. What's 167? Uh, 125 to 134 is gifted. Okay, about any of that. Um, and then. 167. I'm, I'm looking. So uh, that's high genius. That's what Ted was. Mm hmm. So I'm under, so uh, hold on, I've got the list now. So 115 to 124 is above average. 125 to 134 is gifted, just barely gifted. gifted. <laughs> <laughs> um, 135 to 144 is highly gifted. 145 to 154 is genius. Example, professors. I feel like if I tried harder, 
No. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. 155 to 164 is genius. Um, Nobel Prize winner level. And then? And then 165 to 179 is high genius. 180 to 200 is highest genius. And over 200 is unmeasurable genius. However, they don't have examples beside those ones, so it's crazy people. <laughs> Just kidding. Yep, that was it offensive. Is, uh, it totally is, probably. Uh, Case in point, Ted Kaczynski. Einstein had an IQ of about 160. Ted Kaczynski was smarter. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So give it up for the Unabomber. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing you got caught. Yeah. You'll find out how. Well, maybe a slightly gifted person such as myself could have caught him. (laughs) I'll tell you how he got caught later. All right. In fourth grade. He was seen as a leader mm-hmm. by his fellow classmates because he was so smart. In sixth grade, he just didn't fit in and they bullied the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. But that happens to a lot of people, so fair enough. Um, but in high school, he did pretty well. He joined a bunch of uh, clubs, played the trombone in a thing. His clubs were like... <laughs> played trombone in a thing? Like band? The band, the marching okay. band. <laughs> A thing. You know what? I uh, went to school and I was in the thing. <laughs> the thing. I majored in things. Uh, I didn't major in anything. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it far enough. Uh, but he it was in math, biology, coin, and German clubs. There's a good coin club. Mm. I think that's weird. Uh, but most people still saw him as an outsider. But he made friends with people in his math and science clubs. And uh, after that, like, when he got to know people, he was pretty open with them. But he was pretty much, uh, what's the word? Introvert. Oh, introvert. I wonder what his Myers-Briggs is. I don't know what that is. It's like your personality type. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You've talked about that before. I think you and my mom had something to do with that. Yeah. Um, At 16, he got a scholarship to Harvard. Ooh, that sounds fancy. (laughs) <laughs> it does <laughs> but uh when later interviewed his high school classmates said that he was emotionally unprepared for something like that at that age okay but they sent him anyway that's fair yeah 16 going to harvard mm-hmm. pretty intense uh he avoided contact with everybody at harvard and when he went to his like uh shared place he just went straight to his room and slammed the door Shared like dorms. Yeah, that, yeah. Isn't that roommates. what you did in university? <laughs> yeah, totally was. That's why I was only there for like a month because I was miserable. <laughs> uh, here's where things get interesting. As a sophomore, he took place in a psych- psychological study where he was psychologically brutalized. Like they'd ask him about his uh, philosophies on life, and. Uh, things of the like and then they would just rip him down and make fun of him for all the things that he talked about this was a study yeah to see how people would react to it and uh like they were attached to electrodes and then as you put them down for all the things that you believe in which is a pretty hard thing Mm -hmm. to hear they uh checked out how it worked out this went on for three years really and uh and he couldn't opt out of it when he was like this is depressing i'm not i'm not happy here he could have but he just stayed i don't know why to prove something yeah i don't know maybe he liked it found out i mean it's possible it's not a fact 
but it's very possible that these were tests for Project MK Ultra. Oh, really? Yeah. CIA mind control programs. Interesting. So that could have fucked with his brain. Yeah. Three years of being verbally destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that. So is there like, I mean, you might get into this later. Is there a theory that he was like a sleeper agent and? No. Oh. No, nothing like that. Okay. Basically, they just thought he was a schizo. Oh. <laughs> is he? Yeah. Some people say yes. Some people say no. Okay. They did uh. As he was writing, a, some people were writing a book on him, maybe in 2010 ish, mm-hmm. and all the tests they did on him, they figured he wasn't. Okay. But during the trial, a bunch of people thought he was, but they still found him fit to stand trial. So obviously he wasn't. Yeah, he's also really s- smart, so yeah, he could play it off. Yeah, he could fake it and know that it would benefit him if. But he w- didn't want that. That that comes up later. He did not want to have a insanity plea. Because he wanted his points to be proven. Like, they didn't want to look at his manifesto as something crazy. Mm-hmm. He wanted them to look at it as the truth, basically. Okay. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. He got his master's and doctoral degree in mathematics. Uh, master's in 64, doctoral in 67. So he's fucking smart. Mm-hmm. I can't do any of that. <laughs> no. And, like, math is hard. I used to be so good at math. Yeah, me too, in grade one. (laughs) I was so good, and then I stopped going. (laughs) Uh, A quote from Professor Peter Duren. It's just something, something, nothing, but he said it's not enough to say that he was smart. It's just like professors thought he was a genius, too. Um, And then he got a job at Berkeley teaching math until 1969. And then, uh, I don't know why he quit. I never found out. I should probably look into that more. But he moved in with his parents after that. Until 1971 when he moved back to the to the cabin that he built in or near Lincoln, Montana. Mm-hmm. That's where he started living off the land and learning self, self-sufficient uh, survival skills. Mm-hmm. That's the word. And like his, his cabin had no electricity, no, no running water nothing he just killed things and farmed things to live Mm -hmm. (coughs) which is seems like a pretty cool way to live Mm -hmm. but we couldn't do this if that happened (laughs) (laughs) well that might benefit some people listening um eventually he decided it was impossible to live peacefully because Real estate developments and industrial projects started destroying the forest around them. And uh, he started losing it. Uh, Let's see here. We don't need to read that. Uh, Or that. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you, Dave, for that commentary. I'll say it anyway. Okay. Just some things about the bombs. Started between 1978 and 1995. 16 bombs in total. Three deaths, 23 injuries, and the bombs became increasingly sophisticated, more powerful. He Mm -hmm. figured shit out. Okay. And most of the bombs were initialed FC, which he claimed later meant Freedom Club. But he's the only one in the club? Yeah, apparently. 
Sounds like a cool club to me. Sounds like a really shitty name. He could have thought of something better, I feel. <laughs> Whatever. Um, he also took extreme, extreme care not to leave any evidence in the bombs, and he even left, left misleading clues to throw people off when they checked him out. Oh. Smart fucking guy. 167. <coughs> May 25th, 1978. Mm-hmm. The first bomb was left in a parking lot at the University of Illinois with a return address to a professor of material engineering, Buckley Christ. Uh, Buckley was a pretty smart guy as well. He didn't trust the package. Gave yeah. it to a cop. The cop opened it and it burned his hand, basically. It was pretty weak. So bomb. Buckley's basically one of the guys that gets the emails that's like, Svetlana wants to go on a date. And he goes, uh, 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 I don't think she does. Yes, that's Buck. Uh, Buck's a good guy. Except the officer got his hand burnt because oh. the bomb was pretty weak. So well, he wasn't as smart as Buckley. He's the one who opened the Svetlana email. I think that was you. That was me. Um, but then after, in May 1978 as well, he moved back to Illinois, and he worked for his dad and brother at a foam rubber factory. So he dropped a bomb and then went back to a normal life. Until his brother had to fire him because he started dating one of his supervisors. And when she dumped him, he started writing a shitload of insulting limericks and leaving them around the warehouse. <laughs> Wait, what, do you have a Petty.com. Yeah, it's Petty.com. <laughs> but... Because of that, he started making more bombs. <laughs> so a girl rejects him, and he makes bombs. Basically. Wow. That's what I got out of it. Because he moved, he dropped a bomb, didn't really hurt anybody, fucked up a guy's hand a bit, and then went back to And he was like, I'm life. good, and then got a girlfriend, just broke the, up with him, yeah. and he was like, well. Fuck it. Yeah. Well, his brother also fired him. Which was did he bomb hard. his brother and write dirty limericks about him too? He did not. <laughs> but his brother comes up later. Okay. Um, I also have, if you want them, all the bombs, their dates, and the uh, victims. Yes. You want them all? Yes. All right. So we had Terry Marker was the officer that hurt his hand. Minor okay. cuts and burns in uh, Illinois in 78. Oh, five twenty-five. May 25th. Okay. I was like, is that the time? <laughs> <laughs> 1979, uh, same university, Illinois, Northwestern University. The same university? Oh. Yeah. No, same he, university. You said it was the University of Chicago before. Uh, that's where he left the bomb, but then it got shipped to the professor at Northwestern University. Oh. Because he left a return address, so somebody found it and mailed it. He didn't actually mail it. Oh. Clever. Clever. Clever girl. 349 days later it even tells me the days between bombings uh, May 9th 1979 John Harris minor cuts and burns another weak bomb okay um, 1979 uh, what month is that November 15th 190 days after American Airline flight 444 ooh he got it on a plane on a plane but the bomb failed and it just puffed some smoke Mm. Still caused the plane to land. Nobody got hurt, though. The 70s was a bad time for planes. Isn't that when D.B. Cooper was, too? I think so, yeah. Yeah. They're just like, let's let anyone on these. Let's just do it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, when they looked into the bomb, if it had gone off, the whole plane would have been destroyed. So they were lucky. 
Yeah. Very, very lucky. Uh, what month is 06? Uh, June. June, <laughs> June 10th, 1980. Lake Forest, Illinois. Percy Wood. Bomb got a little stronger. Severe cuts and burns over most of his body. He was the executive president of United Airlines. Did he have a thing against the airlines? Is that part of the manifesto? Uh, it's not a part of the manifesto, but if you've noticed, there's been universities and airlines. That's where Unibom comes from. Oh. U-N-A, universities and airlines, bomber. Oh. Unabomber. That's where they got that from. I never knew that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I, for some reason, I... I guess I don't know the story that well because I thought it was like Una, like as in one, like like you and I. Yeah, Unabomber. But it's you and, and then I was wondering why it kept auto-correcting me when I was. <laughs> oh, to the A. Yeah, and I was like, all right, Unabomber, whatever. <laughs> University and airlines. Um, nineteen eighty-one, October eighth. Is that today? No, it's like the twelfth. Yeah. <laughs> and when Lake this City. airs, that's like a week ago. University of Utah, Salt Lake City. Uh, the bomb was defused. Mm. They found it. All was well. SLC, cool. <laughs> uh, Vanderbilt University, Tennessee, Janet Smith, University Secretary. May 5th, 1982. Severe burns to hands, shrapnel wounds to the body. Mm. Ouch. Shrapnel wounds. Like, Is that from the construction of the bomb or did he yeah, probably, start putting... Probably the wood. Okay. Spraying out. Okay, I was gonna say because like there have been like bomb. Yeah. Bombers. Where you put things in it. Yeah. Like nail bombs and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Those people That's are. That's an IRA gross. thing. Yeah. Free Ireland. Like, I don't know. <laughs> don't hurt anyone. Yeah. Free Ireland peacefully. Peacefully. Yeah. Be nice to <laughs> each other. July second. 1982, University of California, Berkeley. I don't know how to say that person's name, but they're a professor of engineering. Can I see? Can I try? Sure. It's the the D one right there. Uh, Diogenes and Jalekos. It's probably like Greek or something. Sounds like it. Cool. I don't know. Severe burns and shrapnel wounds to Dio. hand and face. Let's call him Dio. Dio. Yeah. All right, that works. Dio got some shrapnel to the face. And then this next one was 1,048 days later, 1985, May 15th. John Hauser, graduate student. Severe loss of four fingers and severed artery in the right arm. Partial loss of vision in the left eye. Mm. Got fucked up. Uh, 1985, June 13th, 29 days later. Not very long. Uh, the Boeing Company. It's like planes. Yeah. Uh, they diffused it. That was good. Uh, 1985, November 15th, University of Michigan, James V. Connell and Nicholas Suno. Um, temporary hearing loss for McConnell. Burns and shrapnel wounds to the other dude. Mm. Bummer. First death, December 11th, 1985, in Sacramento. Computer store owner Hugh, Hugh Scrutton. Like I said, he died. So that's almost, te- is that almost 10 years later or six years later? Started in eight seventy eight. So yeah, between five and 10 years later. Seven so, years, yeah. Was he trying, it, 
trying to kill people or was he just trying to send a message? And then this. Well, I just don't think he really knew how to make bombs at first. And then he started getting better. Okay. And he started causing more damage. Like that dude who went blind in the death. Mm-hmm. And this next guy, Gary Wright, another computer store owner mm-hmm. in Salt Lake City. Um, on February 12th, 1978, uh, severe damage nerves, severe nerve damage to his left arm. So, like, the bombs are fucking people up. And then this one, I feel like he kind of felt bad because this one was, like, 200 or 2,313 days later. I wrote down how many years that was somewhere. But I feel like I shouldn't look for it in the middle of this. It'll come up. (laughs) But several years, like many, many years. And then this guy had damage to his eardrums and loss of three fingers. Um, 1993, June 24th, Yale University, professor of computer sciences. More of the same stuff. Loss of vision in his eyes. Loss of a right hand. Oh, that's pretty rough. And burn and shrapnel wounds. And then the last two, 1994, 1995, a few months apart. One in New Jersey. One in uh, Sacramento. Thomas J. Moser and Gilbert Brent Murray, uh, both dead. Man. Yeah, pretty rough. And that's the last one. Okay. But why did he do it? Why? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I was reading that, so now I don't know where I was on here. (laughs) You want me to sing a song? Yep. Um, No, we can't take the whole song. Okay, so that big number I said was six years, over <laughs> six years later. Uh-huh. Uh, I said that the last bomb was then, and um, he stopped bombing people because in 1995, he mailed several letters to many media outlets mm-hmm. with demands that he wanted his manifesto published in a major publication mm-hmm. and that if it was, he would stop killing people or stop bombing people. Um, at first nobody agreed except Penthouse. Penthouse. (laughs) (laughs) Tits out for bombs, guys. Bob Guccione, I think. He volunteered immediately. And, uh, the Unabomber agreed, but he agreed that if the Penthouse was the only person to do it, Mm -hmm. or the only publication to do it, that he would be able to release one more bomb because it wasn't a respectable publication he's got something against (laughs) titties he just wanted it to be seen by the masses i'm pretty sure a lot of penthouse is seen by the masses but luckily (laughs) and then it's passed on to the next generation (laughs) in a crusty cardboard box when mom's not fucking looking (laughs) yeah i suppose you're right but you want your legacy to live on? Publish it in Penthouse. But he got it published in the New York Times and the Washington Post on September 1995. A little better. Well. And no bombs were released. All right. Well, I'm just disappointed <laughs> in them for giving in to his demands. Penthouse never did it. They, they Penthouse they did. never did it? Yeah. They said they would. Yeah, but he did that. Or the other two did that, so they didn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> and they did it for a reason. Like, the FBI allowed it. Yeah. 
because they wanted people to read the manifesto and try and identify the writings with people they know. Well, that's fair. I guess the FBI knows what they're doing. However, (laughs) if someone threatens me, I'm less likely to do it. I'm like, no, (laughs) don't tell me what to do. (laughs) This is my publication. Go to penthouse. Yeah, but it's your publication. You know how many people are going to buy that? Because of that manifesto. That's true. It'll make me a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> I guess no one dies. <laughs> I just don't like being told what to do. <laughs> That's fine. I don't like having an ultimatum. <laughs> like. All right. But this was the first time they've used forensic linguistics or linguistic forensics. Oh. So it's like you match how people write to other things and you find out like their style people. not yes. like handwriting yes mm-hmm. and he had like irregular spellings and weird hyphenations in words mm-hmm. like none of it was incorrect because the dude was a genius but it was just irregular so they were able to narrow things down yeah they called it linguistic idiosyncrasies okay yeah like an idiomatic expression except for specific to a person yeah okay sure fancy 125 you (laughs) (laughs) well i'm just trying to relate it to something i understand that's smart because like an idiomatic expression is like it's raining cats and dogs yeah um boom roast (laughs) would be an (laughs) idiomatic syncrasy to second impressions podcast yeah um i don't know if it's true but there's like a series on netflix about the unabomber yeah there is it's fake i don't know if it's it's true though like it's uh based on well it is it's about the unibar but it's not it's not a documentary it's like a playing of it over the years you know what i'm saying no not a documentary but a mockumentary no because a based on story oh um, so it's like the this is based on a true story but it but is we've... A, it is just the story of the unibomber but i don't know how accurate all the details are but there's actors in it yes, yes. okay but one of the ones they used in that show, I don't know if it was real or not. It was eat your cake and have it too instead of have your cake and eat it too. And apparently the first one is the correct way to say it, but we stopped saying it a long time ago. Wait, can you repeat them? Eat your cake and have it too. Is the original is idiomatic the original, expression? It's the original way to say it, the original expression from hundreds of years ago. Oh. But everyone now says, have your cake and eat it, too. Well, that expression comes from let them eat cake, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it was eat your cake and have it, too, which seems weird. Hmm. That's why we changed it. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> but but he that's old-timey speak. In that show, at least, he used that line in his manifesto. Don't know if it's real or not. Didn't read the manifesto. In it's the really future, long. it's going to be eat your cake <laughs> and have it, too, as the language evolves. And then Dave starts bombing people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't be surprised when you run away to a cabin. <laughs> I do like the woods a lot. The first line in the manifesto is, the Industrial Revolution and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race. Okay. And that's, I think that's a great line. That's currently pretty fair. <laughs> but I'm not going to go bomb people over it. <laughs> uh, a short summary I wrote out. Um, technology has been a short summary of the manifesto, I should say. Um, technology has been a destabilizing or has had a destabilizing effect on society. 
has made life unfulfilling and has caused widespread psychological suffering. Would you not feel that's true? I have a live breaking update (laughs) coming in on the Sasquatch Ain't My Baby Gmail. The... I... Okay. (laughs) This is so freaky. Hit me. So it is from Who Are You? So H-W-O capital R-Y-O-U to us. Okay. Uh, it was sent at 7.30 p.m. And it's currently 7.34. Okay. Since we started recording around This is live action 7. news right now. It goes, hello, Dave and Kate. My iTunes review has been adjusted as per Kate's request. Oh, shit, he answered us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking, guys, right now. We did not plan this. I look forward to catching up on the episodes. And if I find any more good newsletters, well, you'll know. Good news. Oh, like, okay, he's going to send us a letter. Well, because he's the guy who signed us up to the FBI thing. He totally did. And then he goes, bye, friends. Your friendly neighborhood FBI guy. (laughs) I love FBI guy. (laughs) FBI guy is the best. I want to be your friend, FBI guy. Well, he's our friend in spirit. Oh, most definitely. (laughs) I feel like he's our number one fan. Well... You know what? He might be. <laughs> I'm going to start asking people I know if they're FBI guy. I don't trust people. It's not my mom. What if it's Ryan? Because I've had my mom. Are you FBI guy, Ryan? He didn't answer. <laughs> Let me check the email. Maybe it's there. It is pretty weird that we were talking about him and then all of a sudden he emailed us. Yeah. Well, he updated it 11 hours ago, so 12 now. If it's you, Ryan... You don't have time for that shit. Start studying. <laughs> Get a fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Short summary. Did you hear what I said before? I'm going to tell you again. Yeah, I, I got totally distracted because I saw this like really big thing on my phone. I was like, what the hell is what this? What is that? Because we like, never I, get emails. Well, if it's a big one, it's usually from my mom. <laughs> <laughs> that was very exciting. Wow. All right, listen to this. Okay, listening. This is a summary-ish. Technology has a destabilizing effect on society, has made life unfulfilling, and has caused widespread psychological suffering. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yes. (laughs) Don't make me relate to the Unabomber, please. I feel like a lot of people are pretty down on life. (laughs) And I think it's because of technology. Yeah. Well, you have to look at social media, right? Like you're constantly comparing yourself to other people. Exactly you're like i don't have a brand deal like (laughs) i do but that's no big deal (laughs) because of tech technology most people spend their time engaged in useless pursuits following sports teams and social media social media wasn't even a thing when he wrote this but it stands true he also predicted human genetic engineering which is a thing going on now you ever heard of CRISPR? yeah well that shit's going on and he feels that it will be used to adjust people to meet social systems and not vice versa. Like, uh, to like you're not doing things how we want society to be, so we're going to change your genetic makeup to make you more of a sheep. Mm-hmm. And not just like with the future generations, like with the current generations as well? He just, he predicted that this would happen, so mm. it seems to be starting. 
Okay. With CRISPR. Okay. Scary stuff. Okay. And at the end, he calls for a return to wild nature. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, in prison, he has written two books. The first is called Technological Slavery, The Collected Writings of Theodore J. Kaczynski, a.k.a. The Unabomber. And that was just a bunch of essays that he wrote in prison that he put together and made a book. Okay. 2010, he did that. Well, he's hustling. 2016, he wrote Anti-Tech Revolution, Why and How. Ooh. I feel like I should read these books, but I'm also afraid that I'm going to start like supporting the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a dark path you could go down. I could like start murdering people. I feel like I'm right on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> you need to quit your job. <laughs> Dave's not a Unabomber. He just jumps out of moving buses and lets them go off cliffs full of people. Okay, when there's a case against you, this is going to be used as evidence. <laughs> yeah, totally. And even FBI guy won't support you at that time. <laughs> yeah, he will. He'll get me out of it. He's our FBI guy. Um. All right, so the investigation. We already know he got caught, but mm-hmm. the task force was the most expensive in the FBI's history. Uh, it was more than 150 people from the FBI, the ATF, and the U.S. Postal Inspection Service. Um, uh, what do we got here? Um, so that went on for years, obviously, 1978 to 1996. Mm-hmm. That's a long time and a lot of money. But in the end, it was because of the manifesto. His brother, David Kaczynski... Before the manifesto was published, he had some kind of irks. His wife kind of made him think about that Ted could be the one because he had written and talked about this stuff a lot. And then once, or David didn't believe it. He's like, no, fuck that. My brother's a cool guy. (laughs) But then when the manifesto came out, he started comparing it to other things that he wrote to newspapers that protested technology. And it was just too clear. So he... uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of shit. He got a private eye to investigate Ted. He hired a lawyer to make sure things were on the up and up. What's that song? Private eye, I'm watching you. <laughs> Is that, isn't there a song like that? I don't, I don't even know. know if that's the tune. <laughs> You're making up songs. No, oh, there's a song like that. <laughs> All right, we'll sing it. I don't remember. I'll go. All right. Eventually, all of David's evidence led to his arrest he was arrested april 3rd 1996 in his cabin his brother took him down wow pretty harsh right pretty harsh it's a hall and oats song fucking hall and oats (laughs) (laughs) are you gonna sing it i know i'm just gonna play it because i don't remember the two don't get us pulled off of uh anything yeah oh here i will just sing it (laughs) I, just, I have to look at the lyrics. All right. I'll listen to it really quietly. Okay, good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to describe what you just saw? Kate tried to hold the phone to her ear, but she smashed it into her headphones. And I think that's funny. And now she's dancing. How is it? Is it good? Okay. No, I can't do that. Yeah, fuck it. It's, I see you, 
and you see me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know it. Um, he was arrested at his cabin, April third, nineteen ninety six. In his cabin was 40,000 handwritten journal pages of bomb-making experiments. That's a lot of pages. Mm. Um, descriptions of his crimes and one live bomb ready to be mailed. Mm-hmm. It's all packaged and ready to go. With a bow? I doubt it. I would make them look like Christmas gifts. <laughs> because uh, I want my bombs to look pleasant. I think it was mostly just twine and brown paper, like a package. Okay, well, if I saw a twine and brown paper, I'd be like, that's a bomb. I'd be too excited. I love packages. I'd open it so quick. <laughs> no. I'd at least put some glitter ribbon on it, make it more appealing to open. I want to ask, like, my parents about this, because 1996, they were full-grown adults with children. Yeah. If you look at my baby book, there's an entire page of, like, things that were happening in the news and pop culture mm-hmm. and it's like hey there's this war people are wearing parachute pants like the on the year that i was born or the day that i was born like it says to fill that out you know there's someone out there that has a baby book that says the unabomber was killing people <laughs> yeah you were born april 3rd 1996 that's the day the unabomber was caught now we have a picture of scary ted's kaziski <laughs> in your baby book yeah, <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, the pres- like my mom wrote down who the president of the United States was at the time. I'm like, that's not relevant. <laughs> this is Canada. <laughs> who was the PM? <laughs> that's not written in my baby book. <laughs> who was the PM before Harper? I don't fucking know. I know so little Crescian? about politics. I don't know. I don't know, you I don't know right. anyone. <laughs> that's why we suck. Um, We talked briefly, that probably wasn't on air, that uh, he might be the Zodiac killer. Mm-hmm. because he lived in the San Francisco Bay Area between 1967 and 1969. Both people were interested in bombs, codes, and demanding that things were published in the newspaper. I don't think so. Well, they kind of just blew it off and figured it wasn't him. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. He gets accused for a lot of things, though, as we're going to learn. Um, but with the Zodiac <laughs> Killer, like, I don't know. There's a lot of like, hey, here's this other person, like another, like we talked about in the last episode, the town that, the town that was scared of sundown, something about sundown. Why can't I think of it? I don't remember. The town that feared sundown. The town that went to sleep at sundown. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Anyways, so it's a Texarkana. There was murders that Texarkana? happened. Texarkana. Yeah, that's it. But yeah. Okay. And there was, like, murders and stuff that happened there mm-hmm. that were, like, super murdery and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, like, kind of, like, Lover's Lane style stuff. That's what, when we were talking about the hook hand in the last yeah. episode. Um, and so there's theories that that's the Zodiac Killer. But then there's, like, uh, there's just a bunch of theories because then there was, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel that this, this guy was teaching math during that time. I don't think he was murdering people. Yeah, there's no time for that. He, Murdering is too hard. And that's way that's time. way more hands-on than mailing some bombs. Yeah. It's not up Ted's alley. He's too smart. Although the Zodiac's fucking smart, too. Um, He tried to fire his two lawyers, Michael Donahue, Donahoe, and Judy Donahue. Clark, because they wanted to use the insanity plea to avoid the death penalty, and he wasn't into that. Um... After when he tried to fire them on January 8th, 1998, he wanted to hire Tony Sarah, 
who was going to base his defense on his anti-tech views. But the request is denied. And then the next day, he tried to kill himself by hanging in his cell. Because hmm. he didn't want to be viewed as insane. Hmm. But even so, after all his psychological psychological evaluations and an attempted suicide, he was deemed fit to stand trial on January 21st. And uh, he avoided the death penalty by pleading guilty on the 22nd. And he got eight life sentences without parole. He then later tried to withdraw the plea, saying that it was involuntary, but it was denied as well. Hmm. He is now serving life at ADX Florence Supermax in Florence, Colorado. And at one point, he made friends with, this is just a random fact I wrote at the end, uh, Ramsey Youssef and Timothy McVeigh which were the people who bombed the World Trade Center in 1993 and Oklahoma City bombing in the same year. And then they hung out and talked about their views until they were killed. He was like, you like bombs? I like bombs. Best friends? (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) But then that ended when they were put to death. Mm. (laughs) Okay. And that is the story of the Unabomber. The Unabomber. And I feel like I'm going to read his manifesto. And maybe his books. And I'm then we'll frightened see what happens for you to, to go down that path. But um, I don't think I'd ever kill somebody. I don't feel that in me. But but the podcast is over because you're moving to the woods. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'll come visit you to podcast every week. Okay. Hi, my name's Danica. And my name's Emma. And together we host Second, Second Impressions. Impressions, where we'll try anything twice. Each week, we try something for the second time. We talk about what our first experience was like, how well we remember it, and how we've grown and changed. But mostly, we talk about dumb stories from our youth and what beer we're drinking. So join us every Sunday on Second Impressions, available on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. Well, the place, Chicago. The year, 1982. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Very similar place to Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. That's where he grew up. Chicago. Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. There are some things there. All right. The day is September 29th, 1982. Mary Kellerman of Elk Grove, Illinois, died after telling her parents that she wasn't feeling well. She was found at 7 a.m. collapsed on the bathroom floor after taking extra strength Tylenol. She was 12 years old. That's sad. Mm-hmm. Did I say she died? Yeah, I said she died. You just said she died. Okay. <laughs> Nearby in Arlington Heights, Adam Janus, 27, um, was admitted to the hospital from what appeared to be a heart attack, and he died. Actually, yeah, he died in the hospital. Bummer. At 27 years old. His brother, his younger brother, who's 25 years old at the time, and his young wife, Teresa, uh, who is 19, of Isles, Illinois, returned to his home for the grieving process. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were so sad and stressed out and grieving that they began to suffer from headaches, and they decided to take some extra strength Tylenol. Actually, I don't know if it's extra strength. It might have just been some regular Tylenol. Either way, <laughs> this doesn't sound like it's going to end well. Yeah, that is on the counter. 
Stanley died that day, and Teresa died a few days later. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, Mary McFarlane of Elmhurst was 31 and took at least one Tylenol and went into another room, according to her brother. Within a few minutes, she was on the floor. Paula Prince of Chicago. 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 Uh, was a flight attendant, 35 years old, um, purchased some Tylenol from a Walgreens. Her purchase is the only one caught on security footage. Um, and she also died. <laughs> Hers was less talked about. You just kind of cut that one in. Yeah, the other victims weren't as, uh, there wasn't as much information on them. But I felt worse for them. <laughs> you okay. made me not feel bad about her. Oh, sorry. Well, the <laughs> next one, too, is also not great. Uh, actually, no, you might feel bad for her. So Mary Reiner of Winfield was a mother of four. Is this all in Illinois? Yeah. Okay. All within Illinois. Okay. Continue. So Elk Grove, uh, Arlington Heights. Um, the two are from Isle or Wizzle. No, Isle. I think it's Isle. I think I just put a random letter in there. Illinois. Um, but they were in Arlington when they took the Tylenol. Okay. Uh, Mary was from Elmhurst. Paula Prince was from Chicago. And Mary Reiner as a, was from Winfield. All of these places right. are Illinois. Yeah, places. I just wasn't sure if they were yeah. all Illinois. So, yeah, she was a mother of four, and shortly after the birth of her fourth son, she took some Tylenol to, com- to combat some postpartum pains and died shortly after. With a son. Four kids. Not just four But one, children. like, with week-old son. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, well, well I'm a baby. Okay. Except <laughs> it was a major bummer. E- Dave's gone crazy, and he's going to move to the forest and... People are dying from Tylenol. It's sad. <laughs> it's all sad. It's a whole cycle. <laughs> he got hives. <laughs> oh, that poor baby and his hives mm. being isolated. Yeah. Poor Teddy. They bet the baby the murderer name is Teddy. Bastard. <laughs> all right, continue. What are you, you all right? Something is messed with my taste buds. Because it tastes like chocolate. It tastes again? like chocolate again. Can, Can I you try please it? taste it? <laughs> so last week, guys, I was drinking the Solaris that Dave got me. Oh, they heard it. Yeah. You talked about it. I but heard. in case they didn't listen to uh, last week's episode. They did, but all right. This is a standalone episode. Tastes like peaches. <laughs> oh, my God. What's wrong with me? It's your surgery. It's ruined your taste buds. Maybe. It tastes like chocolate. <laughs> That's really weird because that taste tastes like I ate a peach. I taste chocolate. <laughs> I don't know how to feel right now. I wish I had chocolate right now. Especially because this is my favorite beer. I drank this all summer. Is it good chocolate? Yeah. What it tastes like to me is a Stanley Park winter ale. That's what it tastes like to me right now. No, that's a good beer. It's a real beer. I don't like winter ales. They're so sweet. One New Year's Eve, I had a different boyfriend. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like most of my stories. (laughs) What was his name? It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and I went to the Cambi and I had a, I think it was the Stanley Park Winter Ale. And, and I really liked that one. But I had it in a pint glass. Mm-hmm. And at midnight, I wasn't expecting it. But my boyfriend at the time decided to swoop me up and like put me in one of those backwards sailor kiss 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the ones? I know what you're saying. And we stood up. He and dipped you. Yeah, he, t- he dipped me. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, and all of a sudden, this group of men nearby just started clapping. And my boyfriend at the time was like, oh, well, like, thank you. And like took a it bow. It obviously wasn't Metal Monday <laughs> at the Canby. <laughs> it was New Year's. I don't know what was playing. There was a band playing. Um, and so this, this group of guys started clapping and my boyfriend's like really proud of him. He's like, yeah, like I totally just like dipped my woman. And then they look at him and go, no, not you. You like totally took her off guard and she didn't spill a drop of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. They're like, it was like watching a chicken's head. (laughs) Well, well done, Katie. Yeah. Round of applause. Thanks. Chips in a bowl. Chips in a bowl. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so once it was determined that all the victims had taken Tylenol, um, the well, the bottles were tested. Um, so when the people died, did they do an autopsy? I don't know. So we don't know if they found like some kind of poison in their system. Oh, they tested uh, the you know what? I'm, I'm going to say that they did give them autopsies, but so once it was determined all the victims had taken Tylenol, um, we'll actually bring it down to a detective, or I think he was a detective, um, named Nick Fishos and a medical exam- examiner named Edmund Donahue. Okay. They're the ones that made the connection after smelling the bottles and determining that they all smelled like almonds. So both... Cyanide. Yeah, potassium and sodium cyanide smell like bitter almonds we talked about this in the last episode as well um up to 40 percent of the world's population lacks the genetic factor that allows people to actually detect the scent so it's pretty cool that they were able to smell it and you're one of the people who can we're pretty sure i think so well maybe not now that everything tastes like chocolate (laughs) things changed yeah (laughs) um and chocolate now tastes like peaches Ooh, new experiment why i wish i had chocolate here i want you to eat both i would love for you to have chocolate here i want you to eat a peach and i want it to taste like chocolate will you peel it first why would you peel a peach i don't like the feel on my mouth you just like you wet it down so the fuzz gets matted okay. and then it's good to go that sounds gross but okay anyway, you I, wash I wa- fruit with water i would love to eat some matted fuzz <laughs> but you wash fruit with water not if you're picking it off the vine i would <laughs> probably covered in pesticides probably <laughs> just peel it <laughs> i don't know how you peel a peach you just do i don't know if it works like that they're so delicate i don't care mash it up for all you i fucking care. peel it why am i peeling it <laughs> we're off topic okay people uh, are dying so people are dying uh, so Donahue and the detective made a connection between the Tylenol yeah. and the deaths. So they determined that there was cyanide yeah. in it. I wrote down what kind. Potassium cyanide. Well, they're both sodium and potassium smell like almond. I think it's potassium. We'll come across that note later. Banana cyanide. <laughs> Because of potassium. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so symptoms of cyanide include expo- uh, cyanide exposure include weakness and confusion, headaches, nausea, uh, metabolic acidosis. Um, so symptoms that are similar to asphyxiation, including breathing and respiratory arrest, seizures, cardiac arrest. The twenty-seven-year-old mm. uh, loss of consciousness and death. 
there are antidotes to cyanide though and it is it is uh sodium nitrate thank you for that burp you got it appreciate that (laughs) sodium thisphosphate and sodium biocarbonate i have all those cool we're we're safe (laughs) however the dose in the capsules was uh, more than the lethal amount. Some say between like 100% to 1,000% more than the lethal amount. But so one pill could wipe out like 10 people. Yeah. Wow. Well, I don't know if that's true or if it's just like conjecture, but it was the lethal amount. But I mean, it dropped a guy like almost immediately that day. Yeah, it's true. So it's got to be pretty tough. How do you uh, how do you make cyanide from almonds? Well, I don't think he was making it from almonds. But I'm pretty sure, I mean, it might, it, it's probably al- almonds, but... Almond, we talked about this in the last episode. Um, almonds do have, like, trace amounts of cyanide yeah. in them, but I don't think you could eat enough to... No, but you could extract it from enough. That's a lot of work. Yeah, well... It's probably a lot less somehow. work to get a fake name and order some cyanide. I don't know if you can order cyanide. You can find... Well, they used to sell cyanide in pharmacies. Why? Back in the day. Why? It was used to treat something in like smaller doses. It's just like. People are so dumb. <laughs> it, things that kill you ha- like are usually made from like other medical purposes. Like fentanyl, yeah. for example. There's a huge problem from fentanyl. All of us know someone who's died of it at, like, at this point. But it's used in medical yeah, situations which I, In my surgery a few weeks ago, I had fentanyl. <laughs> like, yeah. And they made jokes about how they had the best dealers. And I was like, I don't know if this is what I want to hear while I'm about to fall asleep. But okay. Do you know why heroin was made? Um, to treat World War II people? To treat uh, morphine addiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I've Continue. We should have an off mic conversation about heroin. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Just because I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> what do you want to say about heroin Nothing. that's going to offend people? Um, it's very interesting. <laughs> I look forward to the end of this podcast. <laughs> and bye, friends. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mm. continue. Uh, oh, in the, oh, here it, it was potassium. Yeah, yeah, I knew it. I wrote it down. Um, so mass panic ensues. Of course. Mm -hmm. The media alerts the public of the contamination. People are urged to immediately discontinue the use of Tylenol products. And it even goes as far as the police taking to the streets with loud ass microphones um, in the Chicago area, warning registers, like in an end of days kind of thing. Like, hearey, hearey, don't take Tylenol. Like that dude who like yelled the British are coming. Yeah. What was that guy's name? I don't know. I'm not American. I'm not American. (laughs) I'm sure I know it, but... I'm sure we supported the English in that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I assume you're going to get to it. I really hope you do. How the fuck did you get it in the Tylenol? They're capsules. Mm-hmm. These ones. But Tylenol is a sealed bottle. How did he get it in the Tylenol? We're going to talk about that. I know. I'm hoping you are. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll get to it. Good. So Johnson & Johnson distributed warnings as well. Uh, they recalled all of their products, which is about 31 million bottles across America. Oh, fuck. Um, at the time, uh, on October 5th, at the time, that was valued to be about $100 million worth of product, which in today's would be $260 million. And was there other deaths outside of Illinois? 
No. Oh, that's lucky. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> 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 but we'll, t- we'll get to that. All right. I have too many questions. Continue. <laughs> um, they pulled, I'm very excited. They pulled all their advertisements from media. Smart. They offered exchanges to the public who had already purchased the capsule-style product in exchange for a solid tablet brand. So, like, the, the okay, white yeah, pill, yeah, the saying, white Tylenol yeah. compared to, like, So, the, like, a capsule is, like, there's powder inside mm-hmm. the, the plastic, basically. Yeah, I thought that's how you are asking how they got it. And I'm like, well, it's a capsule. Like, you can pull it apart. No, I mean how they got it in the bottle. Slash you can, like, inject it. The <laughs> like, bottle. How'd you get it in the bottle? We're going to talk about that, Dave. Good. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get learned real hard here. I'm really excited about this. I don't know anything about it. I feel uh, like I'm learning. They also offered a $100,000 reward for information on who could have done this. Oh, there was a million dollar reward on the capture of Ted Kaczynski on the Unabomber. I didn't say that, but sorry. Well, if he also did this, then they could have gotten one million one hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but there was no evidence of him <laughs> doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. So at this point, they had to figure out where the contamination came from. So obviously, the first thought that it would be the manufacturer, right? Of course, yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? China. Uh, no, the manufacturers are in the U.S. Oh. Chinese uh, workers <laughs> in America. <laughs> Sleeper cells. <laughs> MK Ultra. <laughs> MK Ultra. I don't um, know. So they first thought that perhaps it could be a disgruntled employee. Um, however, that was ruled out once they determined that the bottles came from different lots, like different factories. Different factories, yeah, okay. and different like numbers and stuff right. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Um. So then they figured out that the culprit most likely tampered with the bottles um, at the stores which they were purchased. However, here's the thing. They're all purchased in different locations. So Mm. whoever tampered with the bottles um, went to different supermarkets, drugstores. What other stores sell things? Walmarts. Walgreens. 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 Yeah, we talked about Walgreens. Um, And added the cyanide capsules. then returned the bottles of Tylenols to the shelves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no security footage of anyone doing this. Um, okay. And no fingerprints were ever found. So there's literally no evidence pointing towards who did this. Was it all a mistake? What do you mean a mistake? Somehow the all the factories fucked up and started putting cyanide in <laughs> Tylenol. <laughs> Maybe. That's the biggest conspiracy of all. Um, he was FBI guy. He was FBI guy. <laughs> He's also the Zodiac. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, Chad. That'd be He's so, also D.B. Cooper. It'd be so scary if FBI guy was the Zodiac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, continue. Um, no and, evidence whatsoever. And he also tampered with my Solaris to make it chocolate. <laughs> Except only to you. He changed your taste buds to make you taste chocolate. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong. I'm really upset about this. Okay. I think you're dying. <laughs> Can you not say that? <laughs> you dick. Have you had any Tylenol recently? Uh, no, because... You're afraid of it. <laughs> I started doing my research um, before I had surgery. Yeah. Um, because we decided we were going to do this before we did the episode with, uh, second impressions. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing, and I knew that I was going to have a lot going on, obviously. (laughs) Um, so I started doing it and then immediately 
when I actually did have to start taking painkillers because I was like, oh, I don't need the prescription stuff. Like, I'm fine. You're tough as nails. <laughs> tough as nails. I got Advil. <laughs> <laughs> Liquid caps? No. All right. So. Not the capsules? No. I would, solid whites. The solid whites. Or solid <laughs> reds. Either way. <laughs> okay. Um... So one thing, so within the recall, I believe they found within the two of the bottles that were recalled had it, and then there was one more found on shelves. Like oh, it didn't get recalled. Like it got, got well, no one used it. It did get recalled, but like it was still on a pharmacy shelf at that time. How'd they find it? It got recalled. But you said two recalls. So recalled. two that people had purchased. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I see. What like you're the saying. exchange ones. Right. Yes. Okay. So the Tylenol capsules laced with potassium cyanide would have eventually eaten through the capsules within days, which means whoever had left the bottles had been within Chicago um, within that timeline. Shit. Within those certain days. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into suspects. Let's. Okay. So. The first one that I have the most information on is a man named James William Lewis. He was the prime suspect, and honestly, I think he did it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tell us why. Um, Tell me more. Tell me more. Okay. Like, did he have a car? Yeah. Probably. Probably. Uh, Well, yeah, if he did, that might help some things on here. Anyways, so he (laughs) sent a letter to Johnson & Johnson demanding $1 million in exchange for ending the cyanide murders. This guy said that. Yes. And he gave his name. Uh, his fingerprints were found on the letter. Oh, so he did it. Yeah. <laughs> However, at the... T- well, he sent the letter. Yeah. Okay. However, totally at the time it. of the murders, Lewis lived in New York City with his wife, um, and there's no evidence of him uh, tying him to the murders. Um, so, actually, I think I, I think it was like a month before... Um, a month before the murders actually happened, um, him and his wife left. New like York. they they took is Amtram a plane? I don't know. It sounds like a train. It's not okay. tram. Okay. They they took they had tickets <laughs> either on a tram or a plane. <laughs> feel like it's a train okay they had tickets that brought them back to new york a month prior and then with the three-day timeline that wouldn't have worked out unless he had driven back and they lived in chicago before new york yes so they had come to chicago because lewis was not that swell of a guy and i'll tell you a couple things that he's done i thought his name was james lewis is his last name oh okay yeah i'm it's like i call you white I called Ted Ted. <laughs> okay. Because so. Kaczynski's hard to say. <laughs> anyway. I, I like Lewis better. Anyway. Lewis lived in Chicago. So Lewis lived in Chicago. He had actually gone there. He was escaping other um, persecution, basically. What did he do? Um, well, he has a bunch of things that he's done. And bad things? Yeah. He's a bad, bad man. <laughs> um, so in... This letter, he also included the bank account um, number to transfer the money to. The bank account was actually the number of a man named Frederick McCahey, um, 
Although I could be pronouncing that wrong. And you want me to tell you why in a tangent? Yes. Okay, so there's this band. It's called Jack's Mannequin and also something corporate. I remember you talking about those bands I when we were children. loved those bands. And the lead singer, uh, he was a cancer survivor. Like, he was just a real cool-ass dude. And <laughs> new, leaf, new lease on life after and that cancer. His name was Andrew M-C-M-A-H-O-N. M-C-M-A-H-O-N. Okay, don't say anything. Don't, fuck you. So don't say anything. So the whole time I'm looking, I'm like, I wonder how you pronounce that last name. McMahon. McMahon. What a weird name. How do you pronounce this? Now, here's the thing. One day I was like rocking out in my living room yeah. and I jumped up on the couch and I'm like doing my little dance moves on the Go couch. Go McMahon. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I'm listening to that time. And I turn around and I'm facing the wall and my mom has this big portrait on the wall of like a barn and like some pretty grass and stuff and uh, that was pretty grass and stuff. that was painted by one of our family members uh-huh. and in the corner mcmahon which is our family name yeah is written in the corner yeah <laughs> so you i don't Nick know bastard you don't even know your own culture so this guy could just be mckay mckay m c c a h e y m c c a-H-E-Y? Yeah. So it literally could be McKay. It's definitely McKay. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, for Anyways, he wanted the money to be wired to that account. Um, anyways, long story short, McKay or McKay <laughs> had wronged <laughs> Lewis's wife by somehow screwing her out of $500. <laughs> That's so he not got, a lot of money. So he got realpetty.com here. Okay. <laughs> and he included the bank account number in order to frame and expose the $500 transaction. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Petty Eddie Productions, <laughs> Petty.com shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lewis got 20 years for extortion. He served 13 of those years. Got it for good behavior and shit? <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. Probably. <laughs> Um, Suspect number two. Wait, why do you think he's the guy? I'm not through him. Oh. Because... You just finished it with a sentence. That should be the end. In the letter, he also included, like, phrases, like... I didn't write them down, but they're generally like, oh, it took me 10 minutes per bottle, um, to do this, this... And he kind of, like, described how he did it, and, like, um... Which, to me, is, like, why would you even bother doing that unless you did it? I don't know. I just feel like it's him. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, since his murder and since being released from p- prison, he has published a book called uh, called Poison, The Doctor's Dilemma. And on Amazon, the plot says a rogue government employee named Agua. Named Water. Yeah, which you're going <laughs> to see, which is why. Uh, Naranja or Naranja triggers earthquakes threatening to level a Midwestern city. Meanwhile, um, an underground water <laughs> supply has been poisoned <laughs> and people are dying. Terror, hysteria, and, etern- and eternal vigilance breed mistrust for public authority. Oh, shit. So there's poison themes in that book. And Midwest. And Midwest. Chicago. Mm-hmm. And Agua. <laughs> I mean, that has nothing to do with anything. So... Prior to the prior to this, so Lewis, uh, what made him such a swell di- guy is in seventy eight. Pri- Which made him such a swell guy. Swell guy. 
Okay. Um, in 78, prior to the Tylenol murders, mm-hmm. he was charged with killing his boss. Um, however, really? there is an issue with evidence and it was dismissed. Oh, so he did that. So then he, he also sent letters threatening to kill Ronald Reagan with a remote control plane. Whoa, that sounds fun. Yeah. And then so in that time, he fucked off to Chicago. Chicago. You really say Chicago. Like, I know you try and say it for a funny after. Yeah. But you definitely say Chicago with an accent. <laughs> I don't know why, which is why I repeat it. <laughs> you say it like in a hardcore accent in the repeat. But when you say Chicago, <laughs> it's, it might be a Chicago accent. I'm from Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Um, so most recently, in 2004, he allegedly kidnapped and raped a woman in Massachusetts. In 2004? Mm-hmm. How old was he? Probably old ass. What a piece of shit. But the charges were dropped after she refused to testify. Oh, I fucking hate that. I don't know. We can call her up. Me Too's the thing now. <sighs> I hope so. Okay. It's the next suspect. I feel like Me Too only works for famous people, though. No, there's a lot of girls doing it. That's good, as long as it's not false accusations. Yeah. You know what? There was a guy... Did you read that thing about the guy that put it in perspective to men? No, I didn't. Um, Hit me. I would have to look it up, but... (laughs) Give me a rough summary. So, basically, he was like... Because someone made... Like, a lot of people are making comment how there's war on men right now. Which, in some ways, there is. Sure. However, the men who aren't out there raping and pillaging don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, I feel pretty safe in my... (laughs) My home. <laughs> yeah, you're like I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so he sent out a tweet just saying like, so imagine that you got kicked in the nuts by a woman, and when you got kicked in the nuts, you were actually a 12 year old boy, and that woman was one of your mother's friends, like 40 year old friends. Okay. And then he goes, and then she told you not to tell anyone about it because no one would believe you, and then for the rest of your life. Um, there's women always trying to kick you in the nuts. So you felt you need to conceal yourself and hide your body. Mm-hmm. And then there is women constantly telling you that they wanted to see your nuts and so on and so on. And then one day you find a woman who love or that you love and trust. And then she tells you that if you really loved her, then you let her kick you in the nuts. And so he basically goes on with this kicking the nuts analogy for like a really long time. And okay. like, even for me as a woman, I was like, wow, this is actually like, I get this. Like, if I didn't get it before. I'm not sure if I get it with the whole kicking in the nuts thing. It was basically, like, something that is painful and traumatizing. Right. But everyone's telling you that it's normal. And girls just like to kick boys right. in the nuts. You okay, have to deal yes. with it. Like, because that's just how they are. Like, so you you should change fiber. yourself to, so that women don't want to kick you in the nuts instead of uh, preventing women right. from kicking in the yes. nuts. Teaching women that. that it's not okay. I think I understand <laughs> I'm only like 78 IQ. You got 25. <laughs> you just had to explain it better. But thank you. I think but I understand. I'll send you the link. But ultimately, yes. like, even for myself with a woman who has no nuts, like, mm-hmm. I got it. Like, I understood. I was like, okay. Like, even with a lot of the stuff that's going on, like, I did agree that there was a bit of a war on men. But in, but. Some, in some instances, but there's also, like, a lot of... Yeah. There's a lot of terrible There's a things lot of rape going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely unfair to innocent men, but generally innocent men aren't really talked about. Yeah. I mean, occasionally a guy will be wrongfully accused, yeah. which is awful because it kind of ruins his life. Yeah. But a lot more women are having their lives ruined by being raped. Yeah, exactly. 
And I so mean, casualties of war, basically. Yeah. There just needs to be better people on both sides. Yeah. Like men should stop raping and only women who are raped should accuse men of raping. And like you always hear about women not well, can, testifying. Can I revise that statement? Not only women who have been raped, only women who have been sexually assaulted or mistreated yeah. in that fashion. I didn't yes. mean to like yeah. blanket statement that. It's fine. <laughs> I need to be PC here. <laughs> But it's too bad that a lot of women feel like they can't come forward and testify or even mention it at all. Yeah. Like a lot of people just get off because it's never brought forward at all. And that's sad. This is kind of a bummer of an episode, dude. (laughs) Only this part. Yeah, it just got real dark. Liven things up with some talent on murder. All right, so <laughs> Roger Arnold, suspect number two. Yeah. So there was a couple things that made him related to how it was. One was that he actually worked worked with Mary Reiner's father at the jewel company, and um, which I forget what the jewel company did. It had something to do with the Tylenol. Jewels. I feel like they ha- sold the Tylenol or did something with the a Tylenol. jewel company. Did the company was named Jewel? Oh, okay. That it sounds American. Um, he so it's like a distributor, probably. <laughs> he also had how-to crime um, manuals and chemistry paraphernalia in his house. Mm. Uh, a year later, he killed a man. Um, and I actually have an arc from the New York Times archives of January 15th, 1984, except for I left out the eight. Um, it says, the suspect, Roger Arnold, 49 years old, was convicted Wednesday of shooting John St- Stanisha. Um, I <laughs> I think that's supposed to say to death. <laughs> he shot him to death? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Last summer, but I wrote to frath. Um, okay. Last summer, outside of a tavern, the prosecutor said Mr. Stanisha... 46 resembled Martin Sinclair, an informer who had told police that Mr. Arnold kept cyanide in his home. Um, no arrests were ever made in the Tylenol killings. And he served 15 years for that particular murder. Why did he kill him? Because he resembled Martin Sinclair, who oh, rat- that's like he- the only reason. So I believe Martin Sinclair was actually the owner of the tavern, and I forgot to write down what the name of the tavern was. Killed the dude because he looked like a dude? Well, he he martin sinclair like sold him out he left the tavern he went home got a gun came back thought that it was martin sinclair and then shot this guy he was drunk obviously he left the tavern <laughs> dumb drunk everyone's <laughs> drunk in the 80s um what if kono coax the 70s yeah so tangent tangent <laughs> i got my car detailed recently mm-hmm. and that guy who detailed my car like five days later got arrested for attempted murder <laughs> Really? Yeah. Wow. That's... Where'd you get it detailed? Uh, I'm not going to mention that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Okay. So, uh, let's go with the last one. The Unabomber. Ted Gazinski. Teddy boy. He didn't do it. Um, So, there was an unrelated death of a J. Adam Mitchell. Well, it may be unrelated, maybe not, in... Uh, Sheridan, Wyoming, two months before, that was also Tylenol related. So that's the one that was outside of mm-hmm. Illinois. Got so you. it was, on, uh, yeah, outside of Illinois. Wyoming. Wyoming, yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> is on a town that is on the way to the Unabomber's cabin. 
Lincoln, Montana. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what does that mean, though? Where's I mean, Wyoming and Montana are like right next to each other, I guess. Yeah. So, so they're on the same highway. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a conspiracy theory surrounding the Unabomber because of his connection to wood. So with his bombs being made of wood yeah. and using pseudonyms that were related to wood when he was writing letters. Okay. Um, and then, so one of the surviving victims, uh, name included wood, like the name wood. Um, one of the forestry association guys that something to do with the Tylenol. I forget what this was. Also had the name wood. Two of the Johnson and Johnson founders have wood as their middle name. And so there's just like, Hey, the Unabomber likes wood. Do you know what a mild coincidence is? <laughs> yeah, no shit. All these people are named Wood. <laughs> I feel like since there was 40,000 pages of bomb experiments, there would have been a few pages about making Tylenol cyanide yeah. in that book. <laughs> so when the Unabomber... So I actually found an article in 2015 because I think that's when this started happening um, mm-hmm. as the Unabomber started surfacing as a potential suspect. Um, in what year? 2015. That's when they started thinking of him as a suspect. Okay. Continue. Yeah. So the FBI originally requested the DNA of him around that time mm-hmm. um, while pursuing other individuals, but no information was actually provided um, on who the other individuals may be. Only, um, how do you pronounce it? Craig Kraczynski? Kaczynski. Kaczynski. Yeah. Okay. Kaczynski. Um, yeah, but Kaczynski was adamant that he had never, ever been in possession of potassium cyanide. And then he also was, like, nervous about giving his DNA because he knows that, like, partial DNA things can happen. People can be falsely accused from it mm-hmm. because he's a smart-ass guy. <laughs> 167. Yeah. Um, however, he did voluntary, voluntarily agree to give his DNA sample. He knew he was innocent. Mm-hmm. Under the condition that the items that were seized from his cabin were not put up for auction which included journals that would prove his whereabouts at the time of the Tylenol murders well I have something to add to that what in uh I don't know I didn't write down what year Mm -hmm. but in recent years all the things out of his cabin were sold at auction uh that would be 2015 2015 <laughs> i thought it was 2016 but yeah. it might have been 2016 it was basically he was trying this was about to happen and knowing that there's stuff that could help him in- and it was though yeah and it was to help victims mm-hmm. so so he did it but then they sold it anyway they didn't agree he then once they sold his stuff he refused to give his dna oh okay mm-hmm but if there was no evidence on the Tylenol anyway, what was the DNA? There was, I think there's probably some DNA, like maybe a partial found, okay. perhaps, but like there's nothing to compare it to. I mean, if I know Ted and I feel like I do, there's no way he would leave any evidence behind to in DNA forms. There's no fingerprints on those bombs. Yeah, but back in the day, like fingerprints aren't DNA. No, but like I'm just saying that he wouldn't have left anything behind. He's too smart. DNA is like your fingernail clippings, like your saliva, I hair. I understand. He's too smart. Okay. That's why he didn't so do it. Skin. Like it, do you it. never know. And there wasn't as much information on DNA back in the day. So like back then he didn't know that that technology would come that it would be like. Well, well I, it was 1995. I accidentally left the skin cell. No, back in the 82. Oh, when, in the he, 70s. when that happened, I see. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 
like back then. When did that shit start coming about? DNA and stuff? DNA evidence. Like it's been a thing for like a little while, like collecting it, but the it's only been with like since the nineties and like the two thousands that it's really been prominent. Like since they've started having the technology that can do it, like without destroying the samples. Crazy. Well they probably still destroy the samples. Yeah, they but do. it's DNA is quite recent. Like it's not there's a, a, I think it was John Mulaney. He did mm-hmm. a little bit in a stand-up thing mm-hmm. where he was talking about cops or detectives before DNA evidence. And he's like, hey, detective so-and-so, here's a giant pile of blood. Gross. Clean that up. I have a hunch. <laughs> <laughs> John Mulaney's pretty funny. Check him out. So... From this, try it out. Try it out. Thanks. From this, there was also some copycats um, for different types of poisonings afterwards, because like obviously, in, when there's something high profile like this, there's always going to be copycats. Mm-hmm. Um, which fuck you guys? It makes it really hard to solve these murders. <laughs> Stop copying cats. Yeah. Um, okay. This I'm gonna is, be a copycat killer. This is my last bit of information. How did the, he get the stuff in there when there is a tamper? That was my question. Well. You know what? Prior to this, this exact incident, there was no ceiling on anything anywhere in Canada or the United States of America. It was just you twist that shit open and there's some pills. And that's why they have that little thing that says if this is open, don't eat it. So as a result of these murders, Johnson & Johnson and the FDA came together and implemented the tamper-proof containers that we are now familiar with today. But because you and I were born in the 90s, <laughs> we've lived a life of where you can test DNA and where you can, like, not, not with shit. worry about taking Tylenol and dying. So, Although you still won't eat Tylenol, I bet. No, I will. I've I've had issues. Like, I've gone on and off, like, Tylenol as, like, a pain, like, reliever that I use. Uh, if it's available, like, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I stay away from from it i did have a friend who uh tried to overdose on tylenol and i went to the hospital with that friend and um it just really scared me because i think what it is in tylenol and i could be wrong um is the amount of caffeine that's in them actually shuts down your kidneys and it's actually a slow painful death oh shit compared to what like it slowly shuts down your organs like it's not an instant death like the way that i mean i'm not trying to give people ideas to kill themselves anyways you get you get it's not an instant the way that like some people might think that it would be by overdosing on pills um and you actually have to take a lot yeah well it's very such a minor painkiller yeah it's not like you have a handful of oxys yeah so it's quite yeah quite a bit different um so after that, I did not take Tylenol for a really, really long time. Like Understandable. I, I changed, I think, and I'm sure, well, whatever, I t- it wasn't just, it just wasn't acimetaphine was what I was taking. I was yeah. taking something else. Um, I really like aspirin. What's aspirin? Is that ibuprofen? Uh, I don't remember what it is. But, like, I like the idea of having aspirin in my house just in case someone has a heart attack. <laughs> Or symptoms of one. (laughs) But, like, with ibuprofen, Mm -hmm. I mean, you could take it. 
but if you take it like every day it starts to eat your insides yeah so i mean it's just not good to take a lot of medication mm-hmm. all the time i take mydol sometimes <laughs> uh, that's just for cramps and shit right yeah well, know. it's it's a headache. It's a painkiller. Well, yeah. so. But it's like. But it also does cramps. like bloating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ibuprofen is also an anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. But it'll still eat your insides, so you know. Anyways, so since then, no one has ever been arrested, um, and hopefully, it never happens again. So, what was the timeline? Nineteen eighty-two. It, it all happened Just within a couple, couple days. Months, couple of, of days. In 1982, in September, September to early October. I wonder what happened to him, or her. Definitely a him, but <laughs> sexist. But it generally men murder people. Are you trying to create a war on men? No. Nope. Are you accusing men of murdering? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> men are responsible for all war. It's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's because women don't have any power. <laughs> Thanks, men. Yeah, I don't have any power. Either, I would start so a war if yourself. I could. But men have been suppressing me, so I can't start no Five wars. Five days out of a month, I would have so many wars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sexist. Yeah, well. All right. I think I'm all done up. That was, a, that was a very informative, not such a funny but very informative and dark episode. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes we have to have some less jokes and more facts. I mean, it's hard more facts. to be funny when it comes to murder. <laughs> That's true. But here we are. And it was good. Yeah. So this is the episode where facts do matter. And the Unabomber is an interesting fella. Mm-hmm. Tylenol dude is a mystery. I think it's the Lewis guy. He did it. Probably. He did it. I think it was Sasquatch. (laughs) This was the Midwest. (laughs) No, it's... Wait, where's Chicago? I thought it was on the East Coast. No, it's Midwest. All right. This is the Midwest. (laughs) Not the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, perfect cover. (laughs) Sasquatch. Oh, no, he lives on the Pacific Northwest. It wasn't him. Boom, he drove his car. (laughs) (laughs) After taking the Amtram away. (laughs) Straight to Illinois and poisoned some bitches. Anyway. And then he caught a Cubs game? No? <laughs> Is that a sports team in Chicago? I yeah. So. I think so. Okay. <laughs> the Bears, the Cubs. I think those are both sports teams. All right. We're going the down. Blackhawks. The- oh, yeah. They're from Chicago, yes. aren't they? I thought they were from Detroit. Nope. That's the Red Wings. Oh. Okay. Well, we're going down a path that doesn't need to go down. So, uh, bye, friends.